Hello and welcome to the South Carolina Lead. I'm your host, Gavin Jackson, and this episode was recorded on March 21st, 2022 from South Carolina Public Radio Studios here in Columbia. Just so you know, some of the information in this podcast may have changed by the time you've heard it. This episode features remarks from Senator Lindsey Graham at the start of Judge Ketanji Brown Jackson's Supreme Court confirmation hearing on Monday. We look at some of the bills moving through the state Senate, and Congresswoman Nancy Mace returned from a trip to Poland with several other representatives, and someone isn't happy about it. We also hear from Associated Press reporter Meg Kennard, who is on This Week in South Carolina, speaking about the hot congressional primary races that we're all watching this year. We're skipping business today, but we also have an update from DHEC as we transition to this new approach of weekly COVID reporting. Stick around in medical for that. Also, we want to hear your stories. It's springtime. Happy spring. We set up a voicemail box to hear from you all about life during these more certain times. I think that's a nice way to put it. And you can do that by calling us at 803-563-7169. Leave us your name, where you're calling from, and what's going on in your neck of the woods, whether that's in the state or out of the country, any woods. Probably covered in pollen wherever you are, though, that's for sure. Let us know how you're enjoying spring, 803-563-7169. And just like we said about new reporting protocols from DHEC, the latest situation in South Carolina is that the spread of COVID-19 is low, according to county-level data from the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. And like I said, we'll have updated data for you on Saturdays from here on out. The Supreme Court confirmation hearings of D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals Judge Katanji Brown-Jackson got underway in the Senate Judiciary Committee on Monday. Jackson is the first black woman nominated to the land's highest court in its 233-year history. She is 51 years old and a native Washingtonian. Jackson brings a wealth of experience, including clerking for Justice Stephen Breyer, who is retiring in June. She graduated from Harvard and Harvard Law, where she was also editor of the Law Review. She worked in private practice and as a federal public defender. She was appointed by President Barack Obama in 2009 to be vice chair of the U.S. Sentencing Commission, which she served for four years. He also nominated her to the District Court of the District of Columbia in 2012. President Joe Biden then nominated Jackson in March 2021 to the D.C. Court of Appeals, where she served since last June. On Monday, Senate Judiciary Committee members gave their opening statements ahead of Jackson's. Senator Lindsey Graham, who chaired the committee during Judge Amy Coney Barrett's confirmation hearings, gave an opening statement that was a bit more like an airing of past grievances for previous hearings, like Barrett's and the fiery hearings over Justice Brett Kavanaugh in 2018, hearings that really endeared Graham to fellow Republicans due to his staunch defense of Kavanaugh amid sexual assault allegations leveled against him. Graham gave a bit of a refresh on that on Monday. The media will uh, be your biggest cheerleader. They're in your camp. They have every right to pick who they want to pick. They won't be this constant attack on you like Judge Kavanaugh and other conservative judicial appointments. They won't be any questioning of where you go to church, what kind of groups you're in in church, how you decide to raise your kids, what you believe in, how you believe in God. Nobody's going to do that to you. And that's a good thing. So you're the beneficiary of a lot. You're the beneficiary of Republican nominees having their life turned upside down. And it didn't work. 
So I am hoping that we can have a hearing that's respectful, that's informative, that's challenging. And President Biden has every right to pick who he'd like to pick. That comes with winning the White House. And I've been very inclined to support the picks of people that I would not have chosen. He had many qualified African-American women to choose from. He chose you. Michelle Childs, a district court judge from South Carolina, supported by Jim Clyburn. That was in the mix. I think it came down to about two, three, four people. Don't know for sure, but that's what the press was reporting. Now, previous hearings weren't the only grievance Graham was airing on Monday, as you heard there. He brought up Judge Michelle Childs, who he and Congressman Jim Clyburn were supporting. Graham alleged that Jackson has been sponsored by radical leftists and dark money groups who supported her candidacy at the cost of South Carolina Federal District Judge Michelle Childs, who Biden recently nominated to the D.C. Court of Appeals and was on his shortlist for nominees. When it came to Judge Childs, uh, this Arabella group, Senator Whitehouse, you talk about dark money, you may be onto something. Uh, this Arabella group is funded by Soros and some other liberal billionaire. They got so many groups within their group, I can't name them all now. But they basically said, if you, if you pick Childs, you may have a primary opponent. The FLCIO said Justice, Judge Childs was a union buster. The attacks from the left against Judge Childs was really pretty vicious, to be honest with you. So you say, uh, Judge Jackson, you don't have any judicial philosophy per se. Well, somebody on the left believes you do. Or they wouldn't have spent the money they spent to have you in this chair. So we're going to find out how that statement holds up over time. Graham said this week that he'll ask about Jackson's stance on the law of armed conflict, her sentencing recommendations, and her judicial philosophy, since dark money groups backed her nomination, which they do on both sides of the aisle, whether a candidate likes it or not. But as we've noted before, Graham has supported Jackson's previous appointments to the bench. You can catch the hearings live on SCETV and South Carolina Public Radio. Next up, let's revisit the Statehouse. Last week, the South Carolina Senate saw several bills zoom on through the chamber, including one to dramatically change one state agency and another dealing with a constitutional convention. S-2 would break up DHEC, and it was unanimously passed through the Senate on Thursday. The bill would make the Environmental Division its own separate agency, and the Health Division would be merged into a new agency with the Department of Mental Health and the Department of Alcohol and Other Drug Abuse Services. Now, outside the chamber, other bills were also moving, including the Senate's own version of a transgender student-athlete bill, S-531. The bill would prevent transgender students from participating on sports teams that don't correspond to their assigned sex at birth. That bill goes before the entire Senate Education Committee on Wednesday. There has been one subcommittee hearing over in the House on a similar bill. Speaking of the House, they're on break this week. But they did pass their $14 billion budget last week, folks, so we'll see you in another week. Now back up to D.C., Representative Nancy Mace returned from a congressional trip to Poland over the weekend amid the wave of refugees flowing through the Eastern European country that borders now war-torn Ukraine. In a series of tweets, Mace shared her observations and feelings about the trip. The bipartisan delegation of seven lawmakers from the House Oversight and Reform Committee visited reception centers for refugees and pledged their support to help Ukraine. The visit comes ahead of President Joe Biden's scheduled trip to Brussels on Thursday, for a NATO summit on the Ukrainian crisis, and also a stop in Poland. Her top Republican opponent, Katie Arrington, tweeted Monday, quote, Nancy has spent more time on the Ukrainian border than our southern border, where drugs are pouring in. This is a national security crisis, and we need real solutions, 
not political photo ops paid by the taxpayers, quote. Speaking of the 1st Congressional District, I caught up with friend of the pod and Associated Press reporter Meg Kennard to talk about this congressional primary race and the other hot race we're watching, the 7th Congressional District. Here is Meg on This Week in South Carolina. Russell Fry is a self-proclaimed dad joke aficionado. (laughs) And so we did hear from him kind of a more laid back campaign style, which, as you note, is a little bit more of a match to Tom Rice. We haven't ever known Tom Rice to be somebody who is very aggressive, overly antagonistic. And those are a lot of the traits that he told me in a recent interview he's intending to just hammer home to his voters who have supported him for the past five terms in the 7th District. But for Russell Fry, he was adamant in his opposition to Tom Rice, saying that he has not only opposed Donald Trump, which was at issue in this rally on Saturday primarily, but also, according to Representative Fry, hasn't really done right by the residents of the 7th District. Again, a lot of that is tied to his opposition to Donald Trump, his support for the impeachment vote that followed the January 6th insurrection. But again, you know, Russell Fry was really just trying to to make his case to voters who he was actually in the 7th district. So some of the people probably more so than 1st district voters, um, some of the people there were actually more so inclined to be some of his perhaps future constituents. So again, Russell Fry making his case on a grand stage in front of a lot of people in a little bit more of a laid-back style than what we heard from Katie Arrington. Mm-hmm. And what did we hear from her? I mean, she was definitely wrapping up the crowd. She was definitely playing into it. She's a huge President Trump supporter. Um, really just fired that crowd up there on that cold, windy day. Katie Arrington had a lot of energy. Um, she brought out her own stool. She is a, a diminutive woman, and so she was adamant in telling us, you know, I always bring my own stool and climbing up to get to the level of the microphone. But she was very um, vocal in her opposition to Nancy Mays. It's a lot of what we've heard in her campaign launch, in her launch video, in some of the statements that she's made about why she opposes Nancy Mays. Again, a lot of that goes back to Katie Arrington's support for Donald Trump in her self-avowed belief that he's the best president that we've ever had and perhaps will have again, according to her. Um, and a, a lot of what she was doing was drawing a contrast between her and the person that she says Nancy Mace has become in terms of a congresswoman she said has gone against President Trump in her vocal opposition for his apparent role in the January 6th violence. And also, you know, a lot of the things that she says that he did in the wake of that um, that should not perhaps have been part of a presidency. So Katie Arrington had strong words for Nancy May. She called her several times the Liz Cheney of the South, which got a lot of reaction from the crowd. And Nancy Mace is also a pretty upbeat campaigner and an upbeat member of Congress herself. And so, like you know, those styles pretty much match each other there mm-hmm. on the campaign trail in the first district. So, Meg, at this point, you're talking about what those opponents are doing right now, especially in that that rally, which was just such a huge part of this current primary cycle. What are we hearing from the incumbents, Nancy Mace and Tom Rice? What are they doing? How are they hitting back right now? Both of them issued statements in the aftermath of this rally, um, again, making their arguments for voters that they are the best to continue on in representing them. I think some of what we heard from Tom Rice in his own statement was perhaps a little bit more vocal than we've heard him say in person in the past. 
Um, but he is defending himself. He told me that he's never seen himself as an aggressive person who needs to resort to overly aggressive tactics in terms of, of campaigning. But it is clear that he is not going to back down and he is going to continue to argue to his voters. I've supported a lot of issues that you all find important and valuable here in the 7th District. And that's what I would like to continue to do, all of this rhetoric aside. Um, similar from Nancy Mace, she has consistently argued that she is the better candidate to uphold President Trump's policies, if not perhaps getting involved in some of the rhetoric that's taking place in the campaign trail arguments these days. So we've heard from both of them. I'm sure we'll continue to hear a lot more. There are still several months to go in terms of this primary campaign. So it's really only getting started. And we're skipping our business section today, but I wanted to note the tragic crash of the China Eastern Airlines plane that crashed Monday afternoon with 123 passengers and nine crew members. The Boeing 737-800 plummeted more than 25,000 feet in less than three minutes. Now, this aircraft is not built in North Charleston, nor is it the same model as the 737 MAX, which is that newer aircraft that crashed in Indonesia and Ethiopia in 2018 and 2019, respectively. Those crashes grounded the airliner worldwide for 20 months, while the aerospace giant updated the problematic MCAS system software. That was a safety feature on the new planes to avoid stalls by forcing the nose of the plane downward. Of course, this crash is still under investigation right now. Last week, we got an update from DHEC's public health director, Dr. Brandon Traxler, about the agency's transition to weekly reporting of cases and deaths, as well as hospitalizations, and the reasoning behind this approach. Here is Dr. Traxler. It is more important to focusing on measuring the burden of severe disease in our community, as it's these cases that cause the most negative outcomes and also could potentially overwhelm the healthcare systems during another surge. Therefore, it makes sense to focus more on the, those data points for hospitalizations and deaths. As always, I know that there is a lot to digest, but I think the main takeaways are that South Carolina, other states, and the federal government are fully embracing the move towards this endemic approach to the disease. Tests, vaccines, other resources, and accurate data and information remain available to everyone across the state. Dr. Traxler was also asked about rising COVID cases in Europe and if we're seeing anything similar since we typically lag behind what happens over there. So far, so good. So I, I think that we are certainly tracking very closely what is happening in other parts of the world because you're correct that um, we traditionally during the first two years of this pandemic, we were, were seeing what happened there, um, particularly in, in certain parts and then would, would occur here in, in the United States and including in South Carolina. Um, I don't I don't know for certain if we're going to have a rise in cases in the spring and summer. We are tracking again, like I said, what's happening over there. Um, we're still continuing surveillance, of course, um, just as active as ever for uh, all the variants and any new variant um, here in the United States and even in South Carolina. Um, and we are not seeing yet that increase um, really at all, seeing any indicators for it here. Like Dr. Traxer said, you can still find a great deal of resources and information on scdhack.gov. 
Welcome to the wind down section, our little break from the news. We talk about life during the pandemic and we want to hear your stories as well. Like I said at the top, it's springtime. Everyone's covered in pollen. Share your stories about that. 803-563-7169. We love hearing from you guys. Leave us your name and a one to three minute long message about what's going on in your world. Pollen. Pollen. It's pollen. <laughs> it's gross out there, Gavin. It is. It's gross. Uh, and, and you can't get a car wash, you no. know, because then you're just in the cycle. So you just have to kind of deal with it. And Until it's, it's very, over. It's difficult. I thought all that rain... A, yes. a, a few days ago was going to help us out, just and I was just just wrong. Like more, it more just... crap fell out of the trees and then stuck to the car. Ugh, it's terrible. It's disgusting. Um, anyway, what's not disgusting is that we did get a call. Oh, Hopper. Yes, yes. I mean, uh, I bet anyone that listens regularly can guess who it is. Mm-hmm. I won't say. I'll let them say. But um, they always know when to call. Anyway, Gavin, are you ready? Yes, fired oh, up. Okay, hold on. Let me start this fire. <laughs> Hey, this is Ben Davis up in Greenville, and wanted to let you know a few updates. Uh, first of all, I told you uh, back last fall that we had gotten a chicken, and it has grown up and matured and is now laying its eggs. Uh, started this week on Monday, and uh, we picked up a few more chicks. Uh, there are limits to how many you can have here in uh, Greenville County, the area we're in. Uh, so we're going to have four total. And uh, really enjoying that kids love those chickens. Um, Really appreciate the longer clips uh, that you guys play. Uh, It's uh, really, really helpful to get the full context. And I hope you guys keep up with that. Um, Gavin, hope you have a great um, vacation. Although I'm sure uh, we will see uh, some sort of disaster happen while you're away. But I hope you enjoy it anyway. Thank you so much for all you do. Bye-bye. Ben Davis always coming through when we need to hear from him. Thank you so much, Ben. And the chicken, loving this, loving all these eggs he's going to have coming up there. Oh, yeah. A bunch of chicks. Gavin was just saying he would love to have a, a, a chicken, an egg, egg hookup con- here. An egg connect. An yeah. egg connection down here in yep. Columbia. They need I, that. I have one. <laughs> I'm not going to tell you who it is because sure. I just want to make sure that I have enough eggs. <laughs> but uh, they're great. I can't, I can't tell you enough how great farm fresh eggs are like mm-hmm. you look at the yolk you make a difference yeah. look at the yolk it's not even the same color no. yolk you know no, it's, it's different. so good um and we'll definitely keep the long clips coming we love that too great <laughs> contacts and we will have a podcast when we take our little uh spring break there in april yeah we're not going to take any time off although gavin i mean it's been a while since you got in some good vacation <gasps> it's, it's, it's that tough. long stretch of the year it's when tough. i <laughs> Being so selfless and just dedicating myself <laughs> to working like a normal person. But yeah, I think, what would you say, like the the week of the 11th through the 15th that week? 16th? Yeah, that... that April. Yeah. The and week we're before Easter, Easter, folks. Yeah. Yeah. It's so, an Easter vacation. Let's yeah. be real. Okay. Um, but I'll, I'll be down in Florida, so I'm, I'm sure I'll have some stories to share when I come back. You're going to find numerous Florida men down there And I'll be us. like, oh, God, give me back to South Carolina where it's safe and sound. <laughs> you know? Because anyway, we, yeah, you know. Uh, Gavin, I hope your weekend was good. It uh, was. St. Patrick's Day was wonderful. It's always great to be festive. I got to see you, stop by the house with some friends. You were so gracious to take us in and the t- even give us a uh, ride yes. home because not everyone's apt to walk in the mile. I'm just, yeah. That, I'm just that kind of guy. I insist. Stand up guy. Anyone that comes to my house, I drive them away. Yes. Every time. You say, get in, get out. In, out. I'm driving you. Where do you need to go? I don't care if you drove here. I'm driving you out. <laughs> Okay. Uh, you yep. gotta get your car some other time, buddy. <laughs> uh, I had yesterday. I had a, a revelation. Mm. I made a vodka sauce yesterday. Mm-hmm. Okay, 
And I've made the vodka sauce maybe like 300 times, you know? Yeah. But this was the first time, I don't know anything that I did differently, but it was the first time that it was um, transcendently good. It was the best huh. one I've ever done. And I don't know, it tasted, it tasted legit like a Jersey Italian restaurant version of a vodka sauce. And you don't know what you did I don't think I did anything differently. Hmm. It was a little crazy. I can't believe how good it was. And I don't know if it's more of a function of I'm just now fully getting my I was going to say, is it because everything's back and kicking? I don't, I think it may be that, and I'm just tasting this nectar of the uh, the gods for the first time fully in a long time. And you're just so happy that it's back. Oh, it was great. But anyway, Gavin, speaking of food, I want you to open Instagram right now and look okay. at something, Opening okay? Opening an Instagram message from you. It, oh, my God. It is from an account called Cursed Images. Oh, my God. Okay? Cursed Images. <clears throat> and I saw this, and let me describe it for the listeners. Yes, please, because I can't. It is a hot dog bun <laughs> with a banana in it with peanut butter on one side and jelly on another, Okay. Oh. And Gavin, I want you to look at this, and I want your straight-up answer. Is that cursed? Because I don't know that it is cursed. Well, it looks pretty good. But at first, I guess I didn't know that that was jelly. I Peanut butter I, and jelly. I know, but I thought it could have been any other condiment, like a ketchup situation. No. And that would have been disturbing it, Ketchup to me. is tough. Ketchup is not right. But I'm saying a banana, peanut butter, and jelly in a hot dog bun might be good. Uh I mean, as long as we don't try and classify it as a sandwich, we can talk I'm freely not even about gonna, it. I'm not, good. not getting okay, into good. <laughs> semantics. <laughs> we, we know our strengths and we know our weaknesses. But I, 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 I'm sure it's fine. I, you think, know? I think it lands. Another... I think it's more forbidden knowledge than it is cursed image because it looks kind of good. I think it's just people are um, shocked by it. And so your initial <laughs> reaction is fear. I, right? will, I will admit. <laughs> The form factor of it is is jarring. Yeah. It is not something you expect to see. But I think it would be very good. Sure, yeah, because it's just like a PB&J with banana sliced up, which is your typical way of having a, a you know banana sandwich with peanut butter and jelly or just peanut butter. But to have the full banana yeah. in a bun, which, you know, it's kind of funny because you wouldn't think to put you know, a banana in that bun. But, but if it's sure perfect, enough, look at it. I, I think we gotta add this to the list of things to do. I mean, I'm not against it. I would eat it. I would eat this no problem, and I guarantee you, I would like it. I was scared it was ketchup at the first. It was that's not, what ketchup. I so it's I not ketchup. It's not ketchup. Peanut now, butter, jelly, banana. I I think that's also one of those things where you don't have bread, but you have the buns, <laughs> and then you you start yeah. getting a little inventive. Yes, and uh, you get some would say a cursed image. I don't I think say. it's cursed. Uh, yeah, if, I could definitely see my mom sending us to school something like that. Ooh, I don't know if it would survive being no, wrapped it, up. No, it wouldn't. <laughs> It'd be a hot mess. <laughs> Get no, all I squashed. Think, I think we always had bread for the most part. I mean, you have three boys going through, like, what did we have? Two peanut butter and jelly sandwiches each, maybe? For lunch? Yeah. Yeah. And that's probably. like a loaf a day with three boys. I'm not going to lie. I was a bologna sandwich kid. We didn't have bologna. Love bologna. We used to make our own blackberry jam. Ooh, that sounds good. Because our neighbors had a bunch of blackberry bushes, so we'd pick all the blackberries in the fall and then make the jam for the winter. What? <laughs> the long the, winter months. The canning. The what, canning would begin. What, what's your What's your power rankings on jams? I put blackberry up at the top. I don't really At buy number jam one? anymore. Number one, blackberry. I mean, I also like orange marmalade. I know that's. I don't want to get into what that <laughs> is, but you know. Marmalade. <laughs> I didn't see you pulling out. Oh, uh, blueberry. Marmalade. Blueberry's good. I like strawberry number one. Okay, I think strawberry pretty, pretty preserves. I was gonna expect a boysenberry that. from you. But. I've never tasted a boysenberry. 
gooseberry. Uh, or I've never been to Ikea. Or a gooseberry. That's <laughs> <laughs> quite good indeed. Uh, yeah, I like, I, I think blackberry is probably my second favorite jam. Mm-hmm. Grape down at the bottom. That's very basic. Bottom that, of the which barrel. Which is, I'm kind of surprised you said strawberry, because that's right up there with. I think, okay, it's such a good thing. Like, what, what, are, what are we doing here? We're splitting hairs. Yeah. I'm not trying to be different all the time. Strawberry jam, best mm-hmm. one, right? Jam and bread. Jam and t- toast with butter and jam. Ooh, come yeah. on, come on, go. bud. The simple things, a simple pleasure. <laughs> tell us, tell us, everyone, tell us your power rankings, Ooh, please. Yeah. Jam power rankings. <clears throat> but you know, I just don't buy jam anymore. All that sugar. It's so good. I know. Of course, it sometimes, is. Jack Gavin, you sugar. just got to You just got to treat yourself. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I treated myself over the weekend. Oh, very good. Very good. Plenty of you plied yourself with. Yes. with many and now things. I have all this like leftover chicken salad that I'm. Ugh. I don't I'm in love with. Started. Don't get me started. I know we're gonna spreadable get... chicken. You told me that there was raisins in it too, and that's it's the Cape Cod chicken salad from Costco. It's wrong. They're not like it's not just all raisins. And I don't even like raisins that much in like oatmeal raisin cookies. I just want an oatmeal cookie. I like an oatmeal raisin cookie. But anyway, yeah. I, I honestly would like someone raisins. to call in and defend chicken salad. And uh, I'm sure you will have plenty of people doing I, that. I, that's why salad. I'm saying I would like someone it's to good. come describe what's the good part about it to me. Because it just is off-putting. Talk about cursed. <laughs> a bowl of spreadable chicken. <laughs> like that's You get the does, mayonnaise <laughs> and the chicken, <laughs> and now you're going to get some raisins in there. Oh, I don't want to talk about this anymore. It's like, <laughs> Oh, we're going to be talking about it for a while. <laughs> Say goodbye to everyone, guys. All right, folks, you heard the hot takes. Now you need to weigh in and tell us what's going on at 803-563-7169, just like Ben Davis did and so many other callers do. We love hearing from you guys. And you can also show us your appreciation by leaving us an iTunes review. And you can stay up to date with the latest news on SCETV.org and SouthCarolinaPublicRadio.org. And don't forget to support your local newspapers. For the South Carolina lead, I'm Gavin Jackson. Be well, South Carolina. Speaking of robots, that can go at the end.